Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Daniel Hagen. Praise God. All right, let's stay standing again. You know, you know how it is. We've got to just give Jesus another big shout. He, he's the reason for the season, and every day is his season. Jesus, we love you, God. Bless you. Come on, let's give it up. More, more, more. High praises. Let the high praises of God be in your mouth. Jesus is King. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. This is your house. This is your house. Jesus is the head of the church. We're the body and he's the head. Church is your idea. This is your family. You said that you'll build your church upon this rock. You'll build your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And we're seeing the evidence of that more and more every day in Jesus' name. Amen? Grab your seats. And while you're doing it, why don't you just high-five three people, maybe a hug, handshake, knuckles. Just let them know, get ready. It's going to be great this morning. All right. Glory to God. So... I've got the bag of fruit. We're in the bag of fruit, the suit, this morning. I learned that one from Pop from Frank, the bag of fruit. And uh, we've got a wedding straight after this, so apologies if we have to duck off straight away. So we've got to get to Listerfield for my cousin's wedding. Uh, but I always like the opportunity to wear a suit sometimes. Glory to God. Hey, there's been so many amazing things. And like Chelsea just mentioned, congratulations to all of the students, the Supernatural School of, uh, of Fire. Now, not everyone is from this church. We have people from various places. But if you are here and you've been a part of the school, can, can you just stand for a moment, please? Awesome. Well done. You survived the boot camp of the Supernatural School. And from my understanding, you had your last outreach uh, which was amazing. Uh, it was a train outreach, is that right? A city outreach, the glory train. Multiple uh, healings, people saved. There was a particular testimony that caught my eye on social media. I think yesterday I want to read that. Who's ready for a testimony? This was uh, Bolu writing this. She said, one of her highlights. We met... Newton, who had left the hospital to grab some lunch. He had injured his eyes during work, and when he met him, he explained how he was in 6 out of 10 pain level with blurry vision and redness. So if you're wondering why it's 6 out of 10, often our guys will ask people what the pain rating is because they know that it's going to change. And so we like to get the indicator before we pray because we know it's going to shift. It's going to get either... 100% healed or there's at least going to be some sort of difference after praying because Jesus is the healer. Amen? And so we pray. We don't pray with hope. We pray with faith, knowing that Jesus already said, lay hands on the sick and they shall. Not they might recover if you're having a good day. It says they shall recover. Amen? So uh, so they they explained how Oh, sorry, he explained how he was 6 out of 10 pain level with blurry vision and redness. Bolly goes on to write, We asked him 
if he knew anything about Jesus, to which he replied, never heard of him. Was that with an Aussie accent? I can kind of imagine that. No, okay. Spewing. Can you imagine someone never hearing about Jesus in our nation? That must change. But it's only 4%, like the reality of our stats in Australia, it's not good. The secular society is trying to push out Christianity more and more. And that's why we need a great awakening. Amen? We want to get those stats from 4% to 40% to a whole nation saved. Amen? So his response to, have you ever heard about Jesus? He said, never heard of him. So we prayed in the name of Jesus and the pain dropped from 6 to 4. So it went from 6 out of 10, pain rating down to 4. Praise God. Now, some people at that point might give up or they might be satisfied with some sort of change. Maybe they get a bit nervous at that point and walk off. But not these guys because they've been in the school for around four months now and they're like, we're not backing down. We're not giving up and we're going to pray again. And I want to encourage every saint to be like that. You know, Jesus once prayed for a blind man. How many people remember that account? Well, actually, he prayed for many blind men, but in one particular account, uh, Jesus asked the man, what do you see? And his response was, I see trees, uh, sorry, men like trees. So Jesus prayed and there was some sort of shift, but there was still blurriness. And the man said, look, I can kind of see, but it's blurry. It's the men look like trees. And so Jesus didn't give up, didn't back down because he is the truth. And, and in the same way, the truth is in us because he's in us. Amen. And so he prayed again and he taught us to pray again. And the second time he prayed, there was complete clarity. So this kind of reminds me a little bit about that story. And I love the way that our students are learning to be disciples of Jesus. Amen. So we prayed in the name of Jesus. The pain dropped from six to four. We asked him again, what do you know about Jesus? This is after, so they're just continuing dialogue and conversation. And again, he said, I've never heard of him. I kind of find that a little bit hard to believe, but I do believe it at the same time. Like, I feel it saddens me, it grieves me that this dude has never heard about Jesus. There's a mission field all around us. On every street corner, there's a mission field. People haven't heard, maybe they've heard of baby Jesus at Christmas, but they haven't heard of the Jesus that heals, saves, and delivers, the Jesus that is God. Amen? The good, good God. So we said to him, take off your shades. I love this. I love the boldness. This guy doesn't know Jesus. Uh, there's been some sort of improvement. He's just left, he's just come out of hospital from this injury, and now they're saying, take off your shades. And Jesus will fully heal your eyes. I like that. That bold faith. Jesus will fully heal your eyes. And to his surprise, Jesus fully healed his eyes. The pain level dropped. So it went from six to four to zero. Vision cleared and redness disappeared. The hospital couldn't do that. He left the hospital still in pain. But Jesus is the best physician around. And he's the healer. Amen. And he lives in us. So from that point, James, where's James? James, thank you for, um, for what you do, mate. We, we really, really love you for who you are. And so James steps out and shared the full gospel of Jesus, weren't content with just a miracle, but then went on to share the full gospel of Jesus. 
and told him that it will cost him his life to follow Jesus. It's James. Thanks, man, for who you are and what you do. Glory to God. <laughs> Could be two brown loaves in a row. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Glory to God. James shared the full gospel of Jesus and told him that it will cost his life to follow Jesus. After encountering the, encountering the goodness of God, Newton said yes to Jesus. In terms of yes, he wants to be born again and make Jesus Lord of his life. So Newton went from a guy with bad eyes that's never heard of Jesus out to grab some lunch to a newborn creation with new eyes, new heart, and new life. Well written. That was awesome. Let's give Jesus some praise for that. Come on. All right. So many testimonies, so many miracles that are taking place amongst us in our family uh, and also outside of this building and the impact that we're having in our local area and beyond is just phenomenal. I thank God for you guys and I thank God for Jesus and for His grace. And all we need to do is just keep saying yes to Him. Amen? Advancing the kingdom of God wherever we go. Hey, listen, a part of our uh, focal point this year, or vision, if you like, we had, we've probably maybe had too many things to focus on. There were four things. We called it the M&Ms. Uh, but, you know, you guys have just been doing such a wonderful job and all of our team, it's been phenomenal. And so of recent times, we had Margaret and Barry Court, who remembers that meeting, Margaret and Barry Court, all the way from WA. And uh, we wanted uh, Margaret to share a heart on family and on marriage. She's obviously a fantastic tennis player, phenomenal uh, testimony about how God has delivered her from anxiety and depression, and even when she was the number one tennis player in all the world. Phenomenal testimony. She has a great anointing for seeing the sick healed, word of faith ministry. She loves seeing souls saved, but she really felt too. And actually, David Wagner prophesied over her that soon her and her husband were both going to be praying into marriages to see marriages restored. And so we didn't know that. And we asked her to share specifically around family and marriage because one of our focal points this year is family and marriage. And uh, so that was wonderful having her. And then, of course, we had Lisa um, McGuinness. And she speaks in, she's a notable speaker, not so much in the Christian, Christian circles, although she does speak in churches, but probably even more so in the secular realm. And she's actually in the top 3% public speakers. Just, just so happens, Chelsea met her uh, at a conference where Chelsea spoke at in Newcastle. They got talking and she lives in Mentone or something like that, like very close by. So we just... Um, we really felt that we wanted her to come and share here to inspire people that we want to bring the kingdom into every realm and we want to see people uh, flourishing and prosper, uh, being prosperous in their businesses, uh, where they're working, in their employment and to dream big and to have vision and to go for it. And so that was really encouraging uh, to have her here and depositing uh, her gifting to us, which was phenomenal. And uh, we also... One of our focal points this year was music and media. And it's been really interesting of late. We had God TV approach us, so we didn't approach them. They approached us. Uh, I like it when that happens. We don't normally like to push down doors, but we wait for Jesus to open doors. Amen? Jesus said, he's the one that opens doors that no man can open. And so they approached us and said, look, we've got five nations that we're asking to do projects, uh, in particular a Christmas project. 
And so I think there's a church in Iraq, there's one in Holland, I can't remember the other two, but they wanted something from Australia as well. And so they came to us, Little Old Fire Church in Frankston and Seaford, and asked us to put this um, together. And it's going, as you heard earlier, it's going to air in 292 homes around the world. And I just want to thank all of the yeah, 292 million homes around the world, even in places like India, Pakistan. So I want to thank all of our media team, um, music team. We have had some long hours, big days, like some of us have been going from early hours of the morning to early hours of the night to try and hit this deadline. Uh, there's such a spirit of excellence and creativity. And so I really want to thank everyone that has been involved. By the way, we have... Paul has built what I term the Harley Davidson of camera, um, camera tripods. I don't know if you can guys see that down the back. But he built that and it's got like all these different gadgets and, and it feels like a Harley Davidson to actually uh, operate. It's really, really awesome. So thank you, Paul. Let's give Paul a round of applause. Now, Matthew, who's in charge of our media, I asked him if we could have a special preview of one of the songs and the, the clips that we've been working on. He didn't really want to because artists like to show the finished product, but I've just prodded him a little bit. And so he's allowed us to have a special preview. There's still a few more things to go before we send it off to uh, God TV next week. But who wants to see the preview of that? All right. You ready? Let's have a look and then we'll talk about it a bit more. Uh, it's been so fun. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. We have the true joy. Amen. And it's been cool. That we're, so there's four carols that we put together. And it just reminded me of how, like, we picked four carols that have got the strong message of the gospel associated with it. And man, some of those carols, and I love the fact that they play in shopping centers and the gospel is being declared. Even though they're trying to push Jesus out of Christmas in a lot of our secular society, somehow the, the carols still make it. And often you'll still hear them airing in shopping centers and the gospel being released. And the word of God never comes back void. It accomplishes that which it was sent out to do. Amen? So keep us in prayer because we've uh, still got a little bit of work to do before we submit that next week, which is cool. Um, I'm going to do something really crazy right now. We need to do one more thing, a special 30-second shout-out to the world from our Fire Church family. We're going to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, and I'm going to ask if all of you guys can help with that. You're right, you're right to be on television? So if you're not, all good, but if you, if you are, let's quickly make our way to the front right now. I'm going to mess, mess everything up for a minute. Make your way to the front. And we're going to do a quick 30-second shout-out and a hello from Fire Church in Melbourne, Australia. Glory to God. And some of you might want to jump up on the stage behind if you want there too. Chelsea, if you want to stand up here with me. Thank you guys for doing this. It won't take long, I promise. Glory to God. And we'll try and squeeze in. We're going to have Matthew directing us, hopefully. And so if you can, we'll try and squeeze in as, as closely together. So we'll try not to be too wide out. I prefer people behind us. We'll come right in. 
<laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, come on in, come on in, come on in. How are we looking there, Matty? If we could bunch up a little more, we can feel free to come this way a little more. This way a little more. If we can bunch in closer together or come around on the stage. How's that, Matty? This is not going to take long. So basically, I'm going to do a quick greeting. And then I'm going to say, so from all of us at Fire Church in Melbourne, Australia, as soon as I say Melbourne, Australia, we say, we wish you a Merry Christmas. That sound all right? So I'm going to just do a quick rehearsal. So from all of us here in Melbourne, Australia, Yes, one more try, ready? So from all of us here in Melbourne, Australia, we wish you a Merry Christmas. How's that, Matty? We got this. All right, do we need to come in anymore or are we good? We're good? Okay. So you just let us know when we're good to go. All right, so from myself, Chelsea, and all of our Fire Church family here in Melbourne, Australia, One more take. So to all of our God TV viewers from Daniel and Chelsea and all of our family here in Fire Church, Melbourne, Australia. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Beautiful. Well done. All right. Thank you. Now we better actually do church now. We better get into the word. What do you think? Glory to God. Oh, yeah. We could have said Happy New Year. Jesus. Thanks so much for participating in that. And so grab your seat and we're going to get into the Word of God this morning. Jesus' name. All right, Judges chapter 7. Let's go straight to it this morning. Jesus, I thank you for your word. Father, thank you for who you are. We love you so much. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're present. You're so beautiful. We love you. We adore you. Thanks for the opportunity to share your word with, with our family together, Lord, I pray that it will not only be something that we'll hear, but that will cause us to be transformed and activated, ultimately in knowing you more, loving you more, and living out the destiny and call that's placed on our life. Amen? Give us a shout out if you're with me so far this morning on that one. So let's jump straight to Judges chapter 7, verse 1. And uh, man, I love the warm weather. Who's, been, who's enjoying the warm weather so far in Melbourne? Some are like, no. <laughs> All right. Who's, everyone got the, the passage ready? And if you haven't, then we're looking after you. We've got it behind us. Judges 7.1, then Jerubbabel, that is Gideon. Everyone say Gideon. Gideon. 
This is a famous passage, but for some maybe you've never heard it before. I reckon you'll like it. And all the people who were, uh, who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them all by the hill of Morah in the valley. So Gideon has his army encamped, positioned to take on the Midianites. Now at this particular stage, Gideon was doing well. He had it all together. And I'm sure he would have been nudging his fellow generals in the army and saying, man, we got this easy. And, you know, we're like, we're numbered at 32,000 now. We have phenomenal resources. We're just going to absolutely slaughter the Midianites. These, these enemies have nothing on us. And then we see God responding to Gideon and to his army as they're ready to position themselves to take on the next level or to take on the next uh, area that they are trying to move into. And so what I want you to do when you read this, try and read it in the sense of picturing uh, your life in this story. So you might not be in a literal army, but you are in the army of God, amen? And you might not be taking on a literal land or the Midianites, but you are. God is wanting you to go from glory to glory and to take dominion and to prosper in the realm that God has you in or in the call that God has you in. Amen. So these same principles we want to apply to our life. We, we certainly want to apply it to our church life, but also to your personal life because you are the church. Amen. And we want to see you prosper. We want to see you grabbing these principles, these kingdom principles, applying it to your life so that you get the victory. Amen. So verse 2, and the Lord God said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many. For me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Interesting. In the New Testament, there's a passage that I'm often reminded of. And when I think about us here in Frankston and the impact that we're having, even with to a degree a small number but the impact that we're having now globally because God is with us, amen? And it can only be the grace of God that we're able to do what we're doing. If you think about it, like the Rat Pack of Frankston. You know, well, you know, they have tried to label Frankston as the weird cousin of the Mornington Peninsula. But I love that that name is changing, man. That name is changing. It's changing in the atmosphere. It's changing in the spirit. Amen? Like Nazareth. What good thing could come out of Nazareth? And the Bible says that God loves to use the foolish things to confound the wise. See that principle? He likes, and often he likes to give us victory at the last minute. Who's ever experienced that before? It's like, God, oh, the 11th hour. So this is a test. We'll be, we've been tested in small things, and you will be tested in small things. There's a scripture where Jesus said that if you'll be found faithful with that which is another man's, then he'll be able to entrust you with that which is your own. If you're trusted 
uh, with small things, he'll entrust you with more. And so there's always tests along the way. We're trusted with small things. But then as you increase, as you prosper, as you grow in life, you'll also be trusted with more. Amen? And sometimes it's more difficult and there's a greater challenge when you have a lot to continue to follow God, not settle, not back down, not be distracted, not look left and right, not start giving yourself the glory, even in small ways in your thinking, but always giving God glory, amen, and always following Him. So to some degree, this is the, some of the principles that we see flowing through this passage in Jude chapter 7. So God, I'll read that again, verse 2. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Verse 3. Now therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead, And 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. I'm going to keep reading the whole passage and then I'm going to go back to two particular points that I want to point out. Is that okay? So let's keep reading. Verse 4. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people are too many. Bring them down to the water. Okay, so he's already culled the army, if you like, from 32,000 And 22,000 of the people returned home. Now there's only 10,000 left. Gideon must be thinking, what is going on here? And now the Lord's saying, hey, there's still too many. And so now what does he say? Verse 4, but the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. Everyone say test. Do you know God tests his people? couple of things I want you to think about just, bef- just before I keep reading. Number one, the love of God is unconditional. In the sense of, even if you're fearful, even if you're afraid, even if you're not in the perfect will of God right now, but you're in the permissible will of God through whatever reason he still loves you you might even be in habitual unrepentant sin not a good place to be by the way and you might be walking away from him in your heart he still loves you and he'll still pursue you and he'll never give up on you and he'll never leave you or forsake you so his love is guaranteed you're if you're born again in this place you're a son you're a daughter of God and you belong to the family of God amen But there is a tension that we need to understand if we're going to grow up, if we're going to be mature in God. Not only are we a family, but we are an army. We're a family that's dearly loved, but we're also an army that has a mission together to advance the kingdom of God and to destroy the works of hell. Amen? So, this particular passage is more highlighting the army side of things and the call. From a New Testament perspective, Jesus said this. He said, 
many are called, but few are chosen. You with me? So with that in mind, let's keep reading. But the Lord said to Gideon, this is verse 4 now, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And whoever I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall not go. Verse 5, so he brought the people down to the water and the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink and the number of those who lapped putting their hand to their mouth was 300 men and all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hands. Let all the other people go every man to his place. All right, let's look at that. So the aspect of sending those that are fearful home, that is very clear in this passage. In other words, God can't use people that are fearful. He still loves them and you're still a part of the family, but in terms of the call of God, he can't use you if you're fearful because he'll try to say something to you let's do this let's go here let's do that and you'll say no I can't and you know when we are in a place of or when we submit to fear what we're actually doing is we're saying God I don't believe you it's okay if I'm a little bit straightforward today okay you know the Sunday service is a bit like the coach's address it's like we get in because the game is not today. This is not the, the Sunday is not the be all and end all. It's just where we get together, we celebrate, but then there's a charge. Because come Monday, you need the truth. The truth sets you free. Come Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, when fear tries to take over, you're like, no, I'm not going to submit to that. Amen? So by you submitting to fear, what you're actually saying is, God, I don't believe you. So not only is it fear, but it's unbelief. Fear is the opposite of faith. It's faith that pleases God. So what does fear do? Displeases God. There's a scripture that might help you out a lot. It says, it's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind, or it can also be interpreted as self-discipline or self-control. That's the truth. How many people believe that? That's good. Okay, so we have been given a spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. It's a part of our DNA as believers. When we got born again, we lost that old fearful nature. We lost that nature, that sinful nature, and we became brand new. And God invested in us His 
divine nature. The Bible says we're now partakers of his divine nature. But if you don't believe it, it will lay dormant and you won't see it lived out. And you'll miss what God has for your life. And I believe everyone in here has the ability to say yes. You don't need to be some superhero, some superhuman. When you got born again, you became superhuman. But now you just got to believe it and say yes to Him. Amen? So we don't want to be a people that submit to fear. God is calling the company of 300. Everyone say the company of 300. Why don't you say to that person next to you, you're called to be in the company of 300. There it is up there. Glory to God. That's the title of the message, by the way. The company of 300. God prophetically spoke to me last month and says, I'm raising up the company of 300. I didn't understand what that meant straight away. And then I remembered that famous story in Gideon. And so I've been on this over the last month this journey in my own personal life to say, God, I don't want to be sent home. I don't want to be, I want, I want to be used by you in this season, in this time. I don't want to be fearful in any way. Amen. Glory to God. All right, so let's continue on. So we don't want to be fearful. By the way, I'm going to be praying for people today. When we're going, I'm just going to continue with this message this morning. Is that okay? All right. So we don't want to be fearful. I'm going to pray for people today. We're going to do an altar call. And anyone that's struggling with fear, I'm going to pray for you. But I also want you to understand who you are in Christ. I can pray and we can break things, but then you also need to begin to believe who you are. The Bible says we become transformed by the renewing of our mind. Whenever the temptation is to fear instead of have faith, just resist it. Resist it and say, no, I'm going to be a a son or a daughter of God that's led of the Spirit that walks by faith. Amen? But here is, so the army went from 32,000 and 22,000 of the people returned and now it's down to 10,000. Let's have a look at the 10,000 that remain. These are people that weren't fearful, yet we see 9,700 of the 10,000 were also sent home. Why were they sent home? They weren't fearful, but something else happened when they were tested at the river. It was very significant. Let's read that again. Verse 4. You guys with me so far? But the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. So there were some that when they went to the water, they drank it in a way where they went down to the water and their eyes were on the water and they began to lap it up like a dog and they began to drink the water like that. They got down low and then there were others that they got down on the knee and they kept their eyes up and they remained watchful and they enjoyed the blessing of the Lord with the water but they didn't allow the blessing of the Lord to take their eyes of the high, off the high prize of the calling of God. Amen. They remained watchful. And this is the thing, the blessing of the Lord, God wants you to enjoy it, but it's not supposed to cause you to take your eyes 
off focus of what God's calling us to do. And so when they drank, they watched. They kept their eyes on God and they, kept, and they realized we're in a battle. We're not going to lower our eyes. The Midianites are just around the corner. We're going to trust God. But 9,700 didn't do that. And so the army went down to 300 people, from 32,000 people down to 300. 300 that were watchful, 300 that were faithful, 300 that weren't willing to be distracted. I think it's also a prophetic picture of distraction, where we look left and right. It's a prophetic uh, picture of people that continue to fall to the temptations of sin. They take their eyes off. What happened to Peter when he took his eyes off Jesus? He looked at circumstances and he sunk. In the same way, this is a prophetic picture. We take our eyes off God, off the call. We stop seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of a sudden, things start to change. And we forget why we're doing what we're doing. Are you with me? So God wants, he's calling the company of 300, those that are not going to be distracted, those that even in the midst of blessing, we're going to continue to remember why we're on this earth. We're going to continue to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Continue to be watchful. Everyone say watchful. You know, Jesus said to the 11 disciples at that stage, I think it was the time when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, he said, to the disciples, he said, watch and pray. Everyone say, watch and pray. Often the word watch is associated with intercession and with prayer. And he said, watch and pray. And Peter was distracted. Peter took his eyes off, closed his eyes, and actually fell asleep in a season that he needed to be awake. He needed to be watching and praying. And Jesus corrected Peter and he said can't you pray one hour lest you fall into temptation so when we're not watching when we're not praying we fall into temptation and God can't use people in this hour if they're falling into temptation so what's the key to being used in this hour being a people of prayer watchful faithfulness, not being distracted, not allowing fear to dictate to us. Amen? Because he's raising up an army. Not only is he gathering a family, but he's raising up an army. And I feel it's really significant in this time. Now, God's going to love you no matter what. Even if you miss your ultimate call, he's going to love you no matter what. But I feel like there's a seriousness of this charge this morning to say we are on the cusp of the greatest move of God I believe this nation has ever seen. And it's going to happen whether we have thousands of people involved right now or not. God doesn't need the multitudes to say yes. He just needs the faithful. And so from 32,000 down to 300 faithful people, they got the victory against the Midianites because God was with them. We need this sort of stirring and this charge in this season, this maturity. 
God, tell me the truth. Tell me what I need to hear. Don't just keep patting me on the back and tickling my ears. I want to actually grow in you. Come on, man. We want to see this nation turned upside right for him. And he's calling the company of 300. His eyes go to and fro throughout the earth, looking for those that are for him. I remember in the early days as a Christian, I went from being a drug addict, messed up, schizophrenic, into all sorts of bizarre things, radically saved, and then all of a sudden, a year later, launched into this business, this major uh, company where I was a manager, and all of a sudden, I'm getting this amazing uh, annual wage figures that I'd never seen before and a company car and all sorts of uh, other things that the company gave me for being a manager. And I remember it was a real test in the early days, the blessing of God for this new Christian, this guy that's been only born again one year and just dramatically saved and now doing this great job and the blessing of God on me. And I remember always thinking, always thinking, I don't want to ever settle. I love the fact, God, that you've blessed me, but I don't want to settle. And so every time there was increase in my life, I'm like, God, I'm going to show you that my heart is still the same. I'm going to be radical for you. And so my giving increased. As, I, as God blessed me with more, I would step up and I'd give to the kingdom more. As that car was given to me with that fuel card, my immediate thought was, okay, God, I'm going to pick up every single person I can from the street ministry and bring them to and fro from church because it's not my fuel money. There was such favor on me during that time where the boss said, I don't care where you drive. You can even go on a holiday and our company will pay for it. And so I use that favor to further the kingdom of God. And I want to encourage you, we have to have that mindset no matter what blessing is happening no matter how well we are doing we need to never settle never look at the blessing and take our eyes off the ultimate prize amen whatever we're doing we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness amen let's advance the kingdom sometimes we get married and we have a family and they're all beautiful things and God wants our families and our marriages to prosper and we do need to put our family first before ministry not before God but before ministry but as a family we're together we're soldiers as well and we want to advance the kingdom of God as a family and we never want to take our eyes or or lose that zeal lose that fire lose that passion for seeing the kingdom of God advance amen so I'm going to close now with an altar call I'm going to ask all of us right now to consider where we're at with our walking God. I don't want you to feel condemned or put down if you're not walking right with God right now or if you have been distracted or even if you're in a place where you have submitted to fear and you don't know how to get out of it. The reason that God is releasing this word this morning is because He wants to help you. The truth that's released will set you free. Amen? Or maybe you've been bound in sin or maybe you've been in habitual sin. God can, can deliver you in one moment right now. And He can, it doesn't matter how long you've been stumbling for, right now He calls you to the company of 300. That's the grace of God. And so let's just bow our heads right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Everything's about you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Everything's about you, God. Yes, Lord. Thank you that your Holy Spirit brings conviction, not condemnation, but conviction. Thank you for the truth that charges an army. We're a family and we're an army. Thank you, God, that you can do the impossible. Thank you that you're looking to raise up the company of 300, those that are not fearful or at least don't submit to fear. You know, the interesting thing is even the most bold people in the world or that do these bold acts, if you speak to them, the majority of them will still say they feel the temptation. They feel fear trying to resist them, but they simply choose not to submit to that and they recognize that there's something stronger in them. Stronger is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. And so I want to encourage you. You might be thinking, yeah, but I am fearful. Well, no, you're not. There's an external force that tries to make you think that way, but it's not who you are. The righteous are as bold as a lion. And so we're going to see that broken off once and for all today, and God's calling you to the company of 300. And secondly, God tested the people of God at the water. Those that are distracted, those that have taken their eyes off the hype, calling of God, that are not now seeking first the kingdom of God. Maybe they're distracted by sin, by the temptation, the cares and riches of this life. God's saying, come. Come, I'm calling you to the company of 300. It's an invitation to go deeper in this season, in this hour for the greatest move of God, I believe, that Australia, that this nation has ever seen before. And God's calling you to be a participant and to be a part of that. Many are called, but few are chosen. And each and every one of us, he doesn't play favorites. He, he certainly doesn't show partiality. He's inspiring you to say, come on, let's do this together as not only a family, but as an army. Amen? All right, so if that's you, if any of those things apply to you, I want you to come forward right now, begin to kneel at the front in Jesus' name. If there's fear that has been dominating your life, come forward. If there's been distraction and you're like, God, I don't want to be overlooked. Lord, test my heart in this. Help me, God. Remember, it's by grace that things change. Or what you're doing by coming forward is saying, I recognize that I need this grace, not by your own strength. The army of God, the company of 300, they recognize it's not by their own strength. That's the whole purpose of God, bringing the numbers down from 32,000 down to 300 so that they would recognize it's not by their own works. It's not by might nor by power, but by the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God. And so in this moment, by you saying yes to Him, by you recognizing that weakness, God's going to show you His strength. It's like a commissioning for the company of 300. If there's anybody else, please don't be afraid. There's plenty of room here. Come forward in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or for other information, check out our website at firechurch.com.au.